This is the Very Finnish Problems podcast with Joel Willems. Find us at facebook.com slash veryfinnishproblems. For links to some of the things we discuss on the show and to learn how you can get new episodes directly to your smartphone, please visit veryfinnishproblems.com. Okay, hello. Here we are again with our, I think it's our fourth, our fourth Very Finnish Problems podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Joel Willans, creator of Very Finnish Problems, author of 101 Very Finnish Problems, The Foreigner's Guide to Surviving in Finland. Yes, it's out now in all good bookshops. And today, I'm here once again, as ever, with my co-host, Thomas. No, I'm not, actually. For Christ's sake, Joel, we have only two. <laughs> okay, we're not. We're, Thomas is here, but he's I'm only here in spirit. <laughs> I'm here for, first for the first time ever with a special guest, Aro Sahari. Hey, how how uh, was that? Yeah, that was perfect. Actually, was it perfect? yeah, yeah, it's Boom really shaka. really nice to meet you, Joel, and and really nice for you guys uh, of having me here. Well, thank actually. you very much. Thank you very much. Probably my first podcast There ever. <laughs> Maybe, hopefully the first of many. Uh, and the reason we're here is today, because it's the hottest day of the year, we're doing a problem uh, when you go for a Sunday winter stroll and it's ruined by an icebreaker, which sounds a bit contrived, <laughs> if I'm honest. But there is a reason behind that, because Aro is... Uh, a maritime historian, actually. A maritime historian. So, and a, a maritime historian who I understand is... Well, is specifically icebreaking. Icebreakers. <laughs> so today, we're going to talk about, how, yeah, the annoyance of icebreakers ruining your winter walk. And uh, there is a there's a film we've shared on, on Very Fierce Problems where this actually happens in the, is it the 1920s, I think? Uh, it's, yeah, it's thereabouts. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, I mean... Uh, The Helsinki City Museum, I think, has that film. So, I mean, they probably have the metadata. I haven't yeah, checked yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, okay. it's Icebreaker Tarmo coming into Helsinki for the first time in the spring, uh-huh. uh, which was a big thing, actually, at the time. We'll get to that. Well, this is the great thing about the film. I don't know how many people... Well, millions of people have seen it because it's all over the internet. But one of the, one of the things I love about it is the fact there is a massive icebreaker crushing the ice on its way into Helsinki Harbour. And there's people skipping in front of it. At one stage, a bloke rides his motorbike in front of it. It's like the, the, sort of the casualness with which people like uh, dance around this. Which to me, I mean, if I see this coming towards me, it's like impending death. But for them, they seem very chilled out and relaxed. And is that because they, uh, I mean, they were used to having icebreakers come steaming into harbour? Or they just, you know, it's just the 1920s and they, they don't care about... Well, it is the most violent decade in Finnish history, so <laughs> so there's that. But <laughs> this is but, true; they've just survived an yeah, horrific, horrific yeah. civil war. I mean, if it's if it is the twenties, could be the the teens as well. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. let's not they get to those kinds of details. Uh, no, the big thing actually, why they're doing it is that Finland was in lockdown. Uh-huh. Uh, oh right, okay. I mean. Icebreakers are a very specific technological solution for uh-huh. a very specific problem, which is ice. Uh, <laughs> literally stopping all marine traffic uh-huh. to and from Finland uh, for, you know, a third of a year. Right, okay. And, and as far as I've checked, that film is from uh, an icebreaker breaking the path into Helsinki Harbor for the first time 
after the winter. Okay, so, so that means celebrating food they're, and they're the coffee. Uh, right, okay. uh, the return really of connections, commerce. Right. Okay. I mean, so there's a lot of subtext into All that right. little so bit of film. not just nutty like 1920s people who don't care about their own lives. They actually have a real reason yeah but they're they're also less mindful of their own of, health and yeah, safety yeah, yeah. as well, we less, would be absolutely they're less entwined by the myriad of rules that sort of like uh, dictates everything in Finnish society so but that's a really interesting insight actually because yeah I just I, didn't, I had no idea so so that's the first time it's come in and is that was that I mean how new was the icebreaker then roughly I uh, mean, well Tarmo is actually uh, it's the same one in the harbour now is it no 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 no, no. <laughs> it's it's actually in Kotka Right. Okay. Uh, so that that one they saved in the seventies when it, so it 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 was done. Uh, they the didn't need it anymore. So it's it's a museum icebreaker now. Right. Okay. So cool. you can actually you can take your kids, uh-huh. uh, take a bus, but there are not that many buses going uh-huh. to Kotka. So take a car, preferably, yeah, yeah. and and drive to the uh, Finnish Maritime Museum uh-huh. there. And you can see Tarmo. All oh, right, cool. You can hang it's, out on Tarmo. Yeah, and it, it was just actually the parliament gave like a million euros to have it fixed. Uh-huh. So it's it's. It's spick and span. I mean, right. it's it's, it's really up, basically. yeah, yeah. So typically, you said you said it fit, you retired in the seventies. Typically, you'd sort of imagine that after fifty years of ice breaking, the ice break is a bit fucked up. I mean, is that the case? The, the steel tires. Yeah, I mean, it, you just ice breaking is is really simple, and uh-huh. you, you get this from the engineers who do this stuff. You take a fairly okay shape. Uh-huh. You put a like ton of steel into it, good quality steel. You take massive engines, uh-huh. and then you ram it in blood. <laughs> you just go crazy. It's, it's brute force, really. <laughs> right, okay. I mean, sure, there's a ton of technical little stuff uh-huh. you can tweak around, but the further you know towards the poles you get, the harder the ice is, the thicker the ice uh-huh. is. It's just brute force. Right, okay, so it's the ultimate test of man versus nature. And that's probably why it's such a mythical thing. Right, okay. So because it, it easily, you know, lends itself yeah, to those absolutely. kind of ruah power things yeah, without yeah. the military connotations. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's a good point. And it's interesting, actually. I mean, my, my finish is, is, is poor, <laughs> if we're honest. But as I understand it, the current three, they're three... There are three current icebreakers, isn't, isn't that correct? Well, we see them opposite our office, Brad. There, there are lots of. I okay, mean, I mean the ones that are in in, fin- in Helsinki, we see uh, on the, well, the ones that are uh, now, At the pier, yeah. yeah. Uh, and well, they're all named in a way that's quite sort of like... Those are the old ones. I mean, the, the yellow and black ones uh-huh. are the older ones. Right, okay. Uh, the, is there the any reason why and yellow white. and black, is, is any the colours uh, signify anything? The, everything has a reason. <laughs> 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 that's actually Imperial uh, Russian Navy colours. Oh, right, no way. What, the, uh, red, the red and black? Uh, no, those are modern Russian numbers. Uh, right, like, okay. like they started doing that in the Soviet Union. Uh-huh. The fr- okay, let's. I'm, I'm going to have to roll a little bit of history here. Go crazy. So, Go so crazy. we have a little bit of context. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Finland got its first icebreaker in 1890. Uh-huh. Uh, it was called Murtaja. Uh-huh. Which, which means which, for our less which linguistic is breaker. Breaker. No Does uh, what it, it does what it says the on first, the tin. Yeah, all the first icebreakers, uh, pretty much in We're Europe cool. around the Baltic. Uh-huh. We're called the breaker, bruderen, icebreaker. Oh, right, so it's just, a, yeah, depending on which country they just, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, so originality wasn't one of the key features well, of the first. Well, they first were original, they were icebreaker, oh, they were the as f- opposed to other kinds of right, ships. Right, okay, so they were the first of their kind, so at the yeah. time that was an original name, but yeah. subsequently... And the, this is obviously around the time Finland is still part of the, the Russian Empire, yeah, yeah. the Grand Duchy of Finland. Uh-huh. So, so the colours were, you know, what the colours were. Right, uh, okay. Black Hall... Yeah. Uh, the light and brown sort of 
tan and brown colors uh-huh. you know on the on, up uh, up uh, you know on the on the decks and everything uh-huh. so uh and they just kept at it until the 1970s oh it just there was no it just didn't change anything but the names though the second icebreaker finland got because the first one was sort of mixed results but it was it was uh-huh. okay and uh the second one they got couple of years thereafter. Uh-huh. And this one, uh, I have to say, this was built by a proper shipyard, uh-huh. uh, Armstrong, Whitworth and Company in Newcastle. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take full responsibility. <laughs> I, I wallow in the glory of my countrymen's efforts. This, this was, this was uh, for so those what? of you who aren't uh, shipbuilding historians, this was <laughs> around the time that, that Britain was the workshop of the world. Absolutely, <laughs> where we had those, those heady glory days where we built an empire on the backs of working class men in the north of England. So Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and so... Uh, and the second one, well, that, that was named Sampo. Sampo, which I know is the magic money-making box. Exactly. Let's, let's, I mean, let's focus on this. A box that churns money and, and all the ephemera related to that, how it was created, it was first off a machine. Oh, right. It wasn't natural. Right, it okay. was a That's man-made machine. An icebreaker that opens pathways for commerce yeah, yeah. That's uh, nice across winter. So, so it was... Like the most obvious icebreaker metaphor yeah, I've yeah, ever yeah. seen. Are they saying that when I first heard it, I was like, "Why would they call it a, b- a money-making box?" Does it to me? It, made, made it literally was. Yeah. So now you've clarified that for not just myself yeah. and hopefully everyone else who's out. And Darmo like, was the third one. It was uh-huh. like Sampo. It was built in 1907. And means uh, sort of uh, 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 basically just you know like uh, uh, willingness to work. Like, right. Okay. Uh, so like. Uh, there, we. I mean, we wrote an article and we came up with all the nice, you know, specific words from the Oxford Dictionary. Right, but okay. I can't yeah, yeah, no worries. That's good enough. That's good <laughs> enough. So, who who was in charge of the naming? Do you know who, who actually whose um, job that was? I mean, the Senate. Oh, right. So it's a big deal then. Uh, w- the biggest. Uh, right, okay. But it was all. All of this was run through the Ministry of Commerce and Trade. Uh huh. Not like public waterways. Not the Navy. Right. Okay. Commerce and Trade. Yeah. Okay. That this is the under- subtext. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Uh, and uh, so, so basically, the senator in charge of that part of government would have been very key. Uh-huh. And and, but actually, the whole icebreaking deal in Finland, this is tied to nationalism. Uh-huh. In the biggest of ways. Uh-huh. And this is what we were doing research on uh, lately with my colleague Sara Matala from the Alta University. Uh-huh. The guy who invented icebreaking in Finland or sort of was central to bringing that technology, developing it, uh, uh, speaking publicly about the virtues of icebreaking uh-huh. for Finnish economy was uh, uh, an engineer called Robert Runebari. All right, okay. The son of the national poet. All right, no way. Not, not an. Ex- I wonder how. I wonder how. Ex- uh, how happy the national poet was to discover his son became an in in an ori. <laughs> I <laughs> believe he desperately wanted a poet and artistic son, and he he, he had poet. lots of kids. So, oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, he spread and, uh, his seed widely, did he? Yeah, and, and, and Robert <laughs> Robert was uh, uh, an engineer in the in the traditional sense that he uh-huh. was always like uh, coming up with stuff. Right, he okay. tried to build a steam operated flying boat. Oh, I like his style. <laughs> I mean, he did build it, but he didn't fly. <laughs> if you're gonna build it, build yeah. If you're gonna build a fade, at least do it in style. So that sounds. Like, I'd love to have seen that. Yeah, yeah. Plop, plop. Uh, there's a. Uh, uh, they've done some like 3D mock-ups oh, of, right, cool. of his sketches. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, what uh, year was these his steampunk in, flying? This is 1880. Oh, right, so it's way before his time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Strange I'm choice of material for a flying machine in the 1880s. He, he was a shipbuilder and, and he used what he had. Right, you know. okay, yeah, yeah, cool. And lightweight wood was, you know, fairly easily available. Yeah. But, but so this kind of guy is at the center of it. He was also, I mean, he was cu- a cultural person. Right, okay. He, uh, all these sort of... Um, Probably no uh, choice your dad's banging on about poetry all the time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, so there was this group of, of Swedish-speaking uh, nationalist uh, engineers and, and e- economists uh-huh. and bankers, and they pretty much concocted this whole uh, thing up. Uh-huh. They invited a Danish icebreaker, also called icebreaker, yeah. uh, or Bruderen, uh-huh. uh, over to show Finns that this can be done. So, sorry to interrupt, but prior to this, Finns had basically just lived off what they'd stored, certainly, in the, yeah. rather than actually getting any yeah. imports. And, and actually, the, men, that, the regular famines, particularly. That didn't go so well. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah. so uh, 1867 uh, was a horrible year. Right. Uh, rain all through summer. Right. Uh, Sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, uh, hail. Right. Okay. Uh, you lose your crop. Yeah, yeah, you fuck. And, and that started the last great famine in Europe. Right. Okay. Uh, Finland, I don't think we had like a million and a half the, thereabouts people. Uh huh. Over 100,000 died. Oh, right, so 10% of the population Pretty dies much. of starvation, yeah. basically. That, and that, and that, illness and, and all the related stuff. That puts into perspective ass moaning about someone now, doesn't so, it? <laughs> so icebreakers were a real uh, solution to a real problem. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so we need to sort of bear that in mind that it's a real thing yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just the macho sort of projection of our greatness. Uh-huh. It is that but it's also a real thing. Right, okay, that's interesting. And so um, so he put forward this, and it's interesting that he, he even had to discuss this or even you know debate this because it seems a bit of a no-brainer if everyone's dying of starvation and you can create a path through the sea. So what were the obstacles to stopping him, stopping icebreakers before that? Is it cost? Is it expensive? Oh, well, yeah, no shipyards in Finland to build that stuff. Uh, also... A dirt poor country, right? Okay. I yeah. mean, we were we're just starting industrialization yeah, hundred yeah, years yeah, after yeah, the absolutely. UK. Yeah, yeah. Uh, around that time, we uh, Finnish authorities actually had to go to uh, uh, the Rothschild banking uh, clan to get a loan to build the first railway. Uh, yeah. So so uh, so, yeah, so, so I mean, so. we're talking about a real. I mean, in in terms of Russia and Russian Empire. The model of the empire, like the most free, the most developed, things going well. Finland's great. In terms of Western Europe, uh-huh. a northern backward right, little okay. place with few people, long distances. Uh, I mean, waterways are really nice, but when you get the ice, then they're unusable. So, so you know... Again, Finland today, Finland then completely. Yeah, absolutely. Place. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, so he put forward this proposal to, to come up with the icebreaker, and obviously that succeeded. Yeah. So, in what year was that? What year did the first one? Eighteen ninety. Right. Did that dramatically transform Finnish society? No. Then? no. <laughs> Didn't uh, work. Well, the thing is, this is a new technology at the time, and uh, the first icebreakers were pretty rubbish. Right. So they crap. I mean, because shipbuilding up until let's say. 1960s wasn't a very scientific profession. Right, okay. It was like, well, you know, we used to build it like this. Let's try a little bit. Okay, so uh, it's very traditional. Yeah, uh, yeah, a learn on the job kind of thing. Right. Okay. So, and and when you come up with something new, this is also the time that the industry is moving to steel construction from uh-huh. 
you know, wood. Uh-huh. And steam engines have become prevalent. Uh, so, so we're, I mean, Finland is the last place in Europe that had a sail, na- uh, like a fleet, right, uh, okay. commercial fleet. Uh-huh. Because we were so cheap that you could keep the kind of crew you need on a sail ship. Uh-huh. And and run <laughs> run cheap grain from Australia into Europe. Right, no way. And okay. guano from uh, Chile. Yeah, yeah. I've been yeah. to the island actually. The sea yeah. poo, the bird poo island. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, like, I yeah. mean, we are a low cost country until the Second World War. Right. Okay. So we have certain advantages that, let's say, the current government might be envious of. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> How things have changed. Yeah. So. so um, I mean, getting back to the nationalism thing. So that the naming was was important. Obviously, uh, these are super and, expensive. Right. Okay. And so, I mean, I don't know if you could put that in current terms. I mean, do you have any idea how when you say super expensive, is it like sort of nuclear reactor today expensive? Or uh, I, mean, is that, I would say relative. Right, I mean, no. like this this is building a, a trunk railway line is like at that point the most expensive thing you can do. Uh-huh. But these ships. Yeah, I mean, we're talking like a billion investments. Right, okay, so in it's present a big, day money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and just getting, like, the first three icebreakers prior to uh, Finnish independence, uh, they could service the two southernmost ports through the winter. Uh-huh, so, so Turku and, and Hanko. All oh, right, not even Helsinki. Okay, uh, so Hanko, Hanko was an interesting case, but that's just way too much stuff there. But uh-huh. basically, it was a gambit for private en- in- enterprise. Uh-huh. Because the two things going out of Finland at that time are lumber. Uh-huh. And butter. All right. No, well, I thought you could say lumber and people desperately heading away well, for a better well, life. That's a bit later. Right, okay. but, but yeah, sure. Uh, butter. So big butter, that's interesting. Yeah. We have, we have lots of places for cows to do cow things. Right. Okay. Yeah. So so butter was, and, and Hanko, because this is pre-frituration. So, uh-huh. so you don't have fridges. You yeah, don't yeah, have absolutely. ice boxes. Yeah. So you need to be there quick. So winter, uh-huh. shipping of butter into England makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so these are the, the kind of interest they export. So interest. Victorians were having on their scones. They were having fine Finnish butter. Well, well French and you know yeah, yeah, British yeah, yeah. and everything. Some but, on there. But someone wow. would have had, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. tar, lumber, butter. That's right, okay. what Finland was built on. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's an that's an interesting <laughs> cocktail. Yeah, I mean the, the tar and the, the lumber. I'm surprised to hear about butter. It just doesn't seem sort of. We got a sort of it's it's changed a bit, but I come from southeastern Finland, and they still make butter. Right, they're still proud of it, and I still butter. buy that old fashioned charn butter. <laughs> it tastes Good better, man. absolutely. <laughs> so Hanka, so Helsinki wasn't even connected. It was the third online. Right, so, okay. so this is the point. You come up with new technology. First, you need to prove that it works. Uh-huh. Then you need to get... And how long did that proof part? I mean, you said to start with... A couple of decades. Couple okay, of so decades. it took 20 years for the... Re- really well, for you know, it, life wasn't as hectic. Right, uh, okay. But, but also, I mean, there are other interests. Uh, but by independence, 1917, uh-huh. uh, this was pretty much a proven technology. Right, okay. So this was what Finns need to have. Uh-huh. Not built... But operate, maintain, uh-huh. have winter navigation as a real thing. One of the, fr- I mean, the first thing pretty much uh, after independence that the Finnish Parliament does is readjust and restructure the maritime administration. 
Wow, that's interesting. Within I, days of, yeah, yeah. of of starting operations okay. as an independent country. That's crazy because another thing that Finland did very soon after independence was prohibition as well. I seem to remember. Oh, but that was done before. Uh, prohibition was. was uh, I'm sure. I'm seem to remember. Prohibition was first introduced. They tried to introduce it before independence, but it was. The vodka the drinking czar the char no. said, yeah, 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 like, yeah, no, yeah screw yeah, that, yeah, I right. love <laughs> yeah. whilst caning loads of vodka. Yeah, so, yeah. but then when they became independent, I think they threw that. So that's an interesting insight into sort of Finnish society. The the need to um, open up their sort of maritime routes and to stop everyone drinking. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. these things happen. Yeah, I mean, it was it was in the zeitgeist. I mean, other countries were doing this, this as well. True, so it's but yeah, Norway, not, the yeah, US. Yeah, so yeah, but yeah, we had it. A bit longer because we we're hard-headed. People. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> but anyway, so, so so the next stage of this whole big operation, uh-huh. uh, just drawing on a on a you know draw uh, broad lines here, is uh, naturalizing and nationalizing that technology. Uh-huh. So so from 1917 to roughly 1946, uh-huh. 1950, that technology becomes Finnish. So, so they develop like people who are capable of designing these ships, a uh, shipyard that is capable of building these ships. Uh-huh. All of this is built in the second stage. All right. So okay. first you learn how to use this technology. Say, okay, this is good technology for us. Mm-hmm. Second stage is you start really investing in that stuff. And this is when we get into uh, uh, a naval industrial complex, uh-huh. uh, maritime cluster networks, all the kind of stuff. All right, no worries. That I could talk about for hours because that's my, what my PhD will uh-huh. be about. Okay. <laughs> but so I, want, I want today, well, I'll, I'll have opportunity. Upon. Yeah, but interesting to touch upon that. So you're basically saying that they, was it secret? I mean, was it stuff that, was it, commonly accepted used around the world or did you start hoarding information as a no uh, that's but that's our next article right okay <laughs> uh, specialists are international they exchange information engineers yeah, yeah, that's what uh, the sort technologists uh-huh. uh, they like to talk to other specialists uh-huh. they share information they develop networks but at the same time because ice breaking was manufactured and and built on and seen as a national technology. Right, okay. Uh, I mean, so it's a priority because you're, yeah. Finland is a couple of years old. We have nothing. I mean, we're a new country. How do you build those symbols of Finnishness? Uh Well, you develop them. You build them up. Right, okay. So, so, and this is a gradual process. So it took a lot of effort to actually go and see all the committee papers uh-huh. and all the. So this was a this was a conscious effort. It wasn't sort of an accidental. Like, no, no. So no. they sat down. Right, we're going to become like the world's best icebreakers. Well, they didn't say that, but they that said was... like we need to control this technology. Like this is key to us. Uh-huh. So then, and this is the same time that like global shipbuilding goes into a decade long uh, downturn right, okay. a depression uh, what, after the, the first world war right after great depression everyone's so, cutting no this is all the way like from the first world war 1919 uh-huh. into the great depression shipbuilding is 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 all the time struggling right, everywhere okay. uh, because uh, well the us um, they built a lot of ships during the First World right, War. Right, okay, so there was a glut in the market for ships, yeah. basically. Yeah, so so nobody's really... And this is before the, the massive oil boom that happens after the Second World War, when uh-huh. you start needing bigger ships, more yeah, ships, yeah, yeah. Uh, which we're still seeing. Uh-huh. Uh, so 
Finnish, the few shipyards that survive in Finland, they're, they're struggling. They're right, literally okay. struggling. So they start working with the maritime interests, with the Navy, who don't have a Navy, uh-huh. but they want one. So what's the... Yeah, because I mean, the Finnish Navy after the Second World War wasn't allowed to have a Navy. But, well, but, but, before, in, the, in, I mean, but before that, you were, you were building one up where you were. We started with a bunch of old Russian ships and boats that they had to leave behind when, oh, when the revolution right, okay, started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of those were rubbish. Some of those were just old. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so you had a bit of a battered sort. You had a sort. Yeah, of and there was a there was a political struggle, like how big a navy and stuff, and it's it's convoluted and complicated. Right. Okay. But the navy won. They got their submarines, their uh, 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 gunboats. Uh-huh. Uh, massively expensive expenditure at that time, uh-huh. and this is just before the Great Depression. Right. Okay. On the wings of that. Two shipyards survive uh, uh, this depression. Uh-huh. Crichton Vulcan in Turku uh-huh. and uh, Sandviken Shepsdokka or Hiatalahti as it's per- currently known here in Helsinki. Right, okay. So the place where the icebreakers now are being built, that's been there since 1880. No, right, no way. Or thereabouts. Uh, serving the Russian Navy, then serving the Finnish Navy, then, you know, serving the Russian Navy. ships. Well, yeah, that's that's a bit more modern. Yeah. <laughs> Jumping 50, 60, 70 years. But, but they start with naval naval building program, and uh, among that program, they start developing icebreaking technology uh-huh. as well. So, so that by nineteen thirty six, when everything's booming again after the depression, the first fully finished icebreakers being built. Okay, and that which was Sisu, of course. Of course. Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Sister. Once again, we're leaving you. Okay, for, and that's... is that Where's that now? That's not... Uh, it doesn't exist doesn't anymore. doesn't exist. Okay, I mean, okay. there's there was a newer one built, but uh, uh, that was crap decades ago. Right, okay. So but the first one, brilliant name. Okay, an, an obvious name, but a good, good, it works, doesn't it? So, and that was in 1936. Uh, well, it started, uh, finished just before the Second World War. Right, okay. It was a bit problematic let's uh, let's say that building new things is difficult yeah of course <laughs> and what did it sink no no right. but um it was a it was a multi-purpose icebreaker all oh, right okay so so i mean this is not a new thing like these sort of offshore icebreakers uh-huh. that's not a new thing this was a submarine tender slash icebreaker oh, right. because <laughs> submarines, speak, submarines can only operate in the summer right and they need a tender ship for uh the crew i mean this is before nuclear subs uh-huh they're, they're, I mean, have you been to the one that is in, in Suomelinna? I have. The it's, tiny it's, little, tiny You can't little, sleep know, there for real. It's crazy, So, so what they would yeah. do is they would have this tender ship uh, somewhere well, in the archipelago. Like is that the 30s? Uh, 35. Right, okay, yeah. Uh, that's the last one built. The other ones were a few years prior. So so you for the crew and for the fuel and everything, for right, the okay. batteries and everything, you need a tender ship. Uh-huh. Icebreakers... Don't get used in the summer. Oh God, it's in some ways a crazy genius idea, isn't it? But yeah, but it's, it's issues with it. Lots of complications, right, okay. and they were fighting over it. And and this is also in my thesis, <laughs> so right, I'd be okay. looking at that. But yeah. anyway, the point is, so before the Second World War, then Finland has domestic capacity to design, build, operate icebreakers. Right. Okay. We get to the third stage, where some people in Finland, namely. Uh, the then Minister Kekkonen. Uh-huh. Oh, Mr. Kekkonen uh, finally comes in. I, I thought he was going to pop up at some Of stage. course he is. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's the star of the third uh, stage okay. of the story. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, one of the stars there uh. is also the director of the maritime administration, Helge Jääsalo, uh. which means an icy whale. <laughs> it literally the most does. appropriate name in history. Yeah. If there's any job we're going to do, that's the one to go for it. Yeah. Wicked, icy whale. I've got a chapter in my, I've got a problem in my book actually about Finnish names. Yeah. Uh, when Finnish names uh, sound like something out of Lord of the Rings. And that he would be a great addition actually. Sadly now printed, as I said, in all good books. Um, <laughs> I mean, you, you've been in Helsingin Sanoma. Surely it'll sell enough that you can do I another one. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, another 101 <laughs> very finished problems. It's an endless series. <laughs> well, uh, but then you can finally uh, get out the 1001 finished problem, you know, the, the behemoth of the a book. <laughs> a life's work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you we, know, we yeah, build our careers any way we can. <laughs> so he, he's the Icy Whale and Kekkonen. Uh, yeah. So, so w- these guys start concocting up a new idea because now they can keep half a dozen ports open through uh-huh. the winter the biggest ones yeah, yeah. helsinki kotka the big uh, forest re- uh, port but you know smaller ports up north on the gulf of bothnia they're uh-huh. they're constantly writing letters to the uh, administration we want ice break it yeah <laughs> you know so so uh, Mr. Icy Vale and uh, <laughs> and his good pals with the president uh-huh. uh, by the 60s at least comes up with like all the big ports, 20 or so, open through the winter. Wow. It goes whenever, all in. like nature, throw your worst at us. Okay, I see where I was here. I'm going to take you all on. Yeah, yeah. Like your style. So, yeah. So this is what they do. So there's a huge battle in the 60s uh, between the state railways uh-huh. uh, and other interest groups and the maritime administration and, and shipping on uh, like how many icebreakers. <laughs> How many, you know, railway lines, uh-huh. you know? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can do this in a manner of different ways. But because the director of the Maritime Administra- Administration, you know, he's, he's a savvy, he's a savvy guy, uh-huh. literally. Oh, I mean, he's drinking buddies, are they? I've never known of anyone else than the president, Ke- then President Kekkonen, who would go fishing on an icebreaker. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> I so it think about it. Me. Like, the side of the, the f- ship is five meters off. <laughs> but he did. Yeah, yeah, of course with, he did. With the premier of the Soviet Union, of course, nonetheless. Of absolutely wasted on vodka and probably, yeah, in their big... Fat. Also talked about, you know, the, all the big issues like uh, uh, the uprising in, in Prague or yeah, something. Yeah. You know, I mean... <laughs> it's, this such is be- it's such a beautiful picture, beautiful picture of the, of the era, isn't it? Yeah. So the high-level dipl- diplom- diplomacy... A run from the 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 you know the mess or the cabinet of an, yeah. of a state icebreaker. So they win by 1970. These interests have won the uh-huh. sort of regime battle in Finland, right, okay. uh, partially because this is this unifies the country. Uh-huh. So so before that, I mean, Finland is like yeah, it goes on and forever, it goes yeah. on forever, and there's not a lot of people up yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. there's More people there. People. Yeah, so. How do you unify all of this? Right. One of my examples is this. Um, when Finland finally decides, uh, business interests, the state, everyone, that, you know, we have this new shipbuilding and, and, and engineering uh, industry after the war reparations in the 50s, but we have this problem that we're not producing steel uh-huh. in Finland, like a proper good ship plate and uh-huh. stuff. So I think we need a steel mill in Finland. Sounds good. Yeah, like, makes sense. Well, all the companies in southern Finland, 
all the factories, all the, the shipyards, everything. Where did you put the steel mill? They put it presumably far, far Rohe, <laughs> up north on the good. coast. Well, great so work. the great only planning. way, yes, no, it was, it was great planning. It was good. Uh, the president uh, wanted to unify the country, wanted uh-huh. the north of Finland to be as modern as developed as right, southern okay. Finland. So he gave him a gift yeah. of a, a steel factory. But then, how do you take all that massively heavy steel into the factories that use it? Uh-huh. Well, ships are obvious choices. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you know, but you can only do that if you have icebreakers. Yeah. So there you there go. You go. <laughs> Winning. Genius. And Mr. Icy Whale, he's rubbing his hands together. With, he well, is. He's, he's, yeah, so, he's, he's so, winning. So like all through the, the, the Cold War, the Helsinki shipyard is developing technology. That they start In the 50s, they start the scientific technological project. So uh-huh. they're looking at welding, uh, steel properties, shape. They built the first uh, uh, ice laboratory for ship uh, tests. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So all of this is going on. Wow. It's a, it's a proper system. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and they're doing all of this stuff, and they're also building a lot of icebreakers because the country that needs icebreakers the most in the world. It's got to be Russia, isn't it? Soviet Union. Soviet Union. Well, icebreakers are on the COCOM uh, prohibition lists. Oh right, no way are they because they. Considered to be so valuable. Well, let's see. Uh, where do most of the uh, submarines operate that would launch nuclear uh, missiles in case of a nuclear yeah, war? somewhere for Arctic waters. Arctic. Right, okay. Uh, so where do the U.S. Uh, put all the listening stations? Up there in the top of the world. No well, joke. what do you have there? Ice. Yeah. <laughs> also, all the great Russian rivers run into yeah, the Arctic yeah, yeah, Ocean. Yeah. So all of that. So, so icebreakers are constantly... Fo- even, I, mean, I mean, I don't want to skip forward in your narrative here, but even today, icebreakers are crucial. Are they? I mean, they're not as crucial anymore for submarines. So nuclear oh, submarines. No, 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 no. Not the same way, but they're still strategic. I mean, the US... The, the shipyard tried to sell icebreakers into the US for decades. Right, and they were... But that never went anywhere. I mean, Exxon... Had a like a plan with the shipyard. They built a, a ship called Manhattan. Uh-huh. Uh, that was <laughs> that the first name. first uh, oil tanker to uh, go across Canada. Right. Okay. Uh, okay, on the yeah. Arctic waters, yeah, so yeah, so, yeah. so they they're doing all this stuff. So they had they didn't build Manhattan. That's a very di- very different very different vibe to Sissel, isn't it? Manhattan sounds like a cocktail. <laughs> well, you know <laughs> that's, that's yeah we are. But the first nuclear uh, uh, cargo ship in the world, uh-huh. uh, also American, yeah. was called Savannah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a girl's name, surely. Well, it's it's a soft yeah, name, so so, so yeah. the the ports would accept a nuclear cargo <laughs> ship into them. Genius. They did not. <laughs> it was called Savannah. It's perfectly all right. <laughs> Oh, that's sort of an evil genius. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's interesting. So, so they had the contract with Exxon. They didn't, didn't build it. They built it. Oh, they did build it. But the, but the U.S. government never bought a Finnish icebreaker, partially because Finland was delivering to Soviet right, Union. Right, felt it was like... So, too, so we were... Yeah, yeah, okay. And we still are. I mean, uh, Helsinki shipyard, Arctec, uh-huh. uh, is mostly Russian-owned. Right, okay. Because it's their, like... They need that place. Yeah, 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 absolutely. The design part got split up uh, with the Vartila um, uh, bankruptcy in uh-huh. 1989. So, so the designers are a different company now. Right, They're okay. owned by Åker, right? Okay. Uh, Norwegians, uh-huh. but the, all the design stuff is done here in Helsinki. Uh-huh. So, so I'm still going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's interesting. So, so basically, we've got Icy Well. He's got his fleet of icebreakers. So, what was the most icebreakers Finland ever had at one at one time operating? Like, oh. 
it's little less than 10 state right, okay. icebreakers. Then we have the small ones in parts and, right, and okay. harbor towns. But, I mean, Finland doesn't need that many. Because uh-huh. while we're building new ones, we're, they're bigger, more efficient. Uh, they need less crew, so they're uh, cheaper to use. Uh-huh. At w- some point, you're going to run out of ice, yeah. <laughs> literally. So, There's nothing left to break. And, and also, uh, you get the classification societies, insurers involved. Uh, even when an icebreaker uh, breaks the path, uh-huh. which we in Finnish call ranni. Ranni, that's my Uusi Sana for today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ranni. Is that, can uh, I use that in any sort of everyday situation? Or It's sort of a golly. Okay, you know, through the specifically ice. through ISO. Yeah, a gully. Yeah, un- yeah. Okay, yeah so Ranni is where the the ships are uh, following the icebreaker. Right. Okay. Cool. The open path through yeah, the yeah, ice. Yeah. So, so even then, they get ice damage on their hulls. Uh-huh. Uh, the cargo ships. Right. Okay, they still get battered. Yeah. Of course you do. I mean, you, you need to. W- ships are getting bigger, so the icebreakers need to be wider. Uh-huh. But still, so then Finns and Swedes uh, after the Second World War, they start really talking the administrations, and they devise a plan to uh, do the Finnish-Swedish ice classification. Uh-huh. So basically, you start grading ships based on their capa- uh, capability to operate in ice. Right, okay. And, so, and, not, and withstand that damage. Yeah, yeah. So then the higher class you have, the lower premiums you have. And so it's all built into it. Right, okay. And this, is, this isn't just a Finnish thing. This is we do with the Swedes. Uh-huh. And the Swedes start buying their ships from Finland because... Their shipyards are building other kinds of ships. They don't need to build Yachts this specialized. For their, for their Norwegian <laughs> oil carriers, actually. Right. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, Sweden is, by the early 60s, I think it's the world's third largest builder of commercial vessels. Right, no way. Based on tonnage. Right, okay. So, so I mean, they're what huge. About na- what about now? Ah, uh, no, they, they ran that aground when the Koreans got into the yeah, game right, the because Koreans they couldn't ru- compete. Ruined it for everyone. Yeah, now the Chinese are. Right, okay, cool, sure. So it's it's going around. Right, I okay, mean, yeah, yeah. world economy. <coughs> Excuse me. No so, problem. Um, so after that, you've got the big, uh, you've got the big fleet, uh, Icy Whale, Kekkonen, and then if you sort of like... Well, how, how do we get to... The, how, how does that compare to now? I mean, what, what's, what's the current status of the ice... Well, in 1977, uh, Finland had a big party, uh, 100 years of winter navigation. <laughs> okay. uh, next Everyone year, was invited. Uh, post, postal stamps, um, we already had the five marker coin right, okay. with, the, with an icebreaker. Oh, um, right, literally, okay, yeah. the coin you would have the queen or uh-huh. a president, you we had the icebreaker. <laughs> but, you know, they do that. Uh, next year, a book comes out by the premier maritime academic, Jorma Pohjanpala. Pohjanpala, not Northern Ball. Uh, or northern sort of uh, uh, globe, glow or Look at something. Me. Like. Have you noticed my Finnish skills are coming yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so he he writes also a very story depra- of, also very depro- very appropriate name. Yeah, yeah. yeah, a maritime economist. I mean, uh, he did a lot of good research, but this book, it's basically building up the mythology, uh-huh. making this story of Finnish uh, winter expertise a natural thing because right, okay. these are expensive systems to run. Uh-huh. So they are policy issues, they are budgetary issues for the parliament. But if the, everyone in parliament, in administration, in business sees them as natural Finnish things, we're not going to have a discussion about yeah, them because yeah. it's just, we need a new icebreaker, fine. Yeah, tick the box, yeah. sign it off, job yeah, done. Yeah. Uh, so, so this is technocracy in action. So, okay. we're, so by the late 70s, we have this story 
uh, that that we are the country of icebreakers. Right, okay. I mean, they, they literally when see Finland, uh, uh, there's this big big exhibition. Held at Greenwich, actually. All right, there you go. Called Sea Finland. Well, the Maritime Museums. I mean, have very maritime, yeah, exactly. maritime uh, heritage in Greenwich. They actually, they sailed one of the big ship icebreakers. Well, up the Thames. Not up the Thames, <laughs> but <laughs> they're about where they could. Right, okay. so, so part of that thing, you could go see a Finnish icebreaker. All right, wicked. So, so it becomes a symbol of the nation. Right, okay. Uh, because it is a technology... Like Finland couldn't do the Manhattan Project, not the ship, the, yeah, the, yeah, the bombs. Yeah. Finland couldn't do like something like the Three Gorges Dam. Right. Okay. We don't. Small countries don't get to do big mega projects. Yeah, go yeah, to the yeah, moon. Yeah, 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 yeah. We just don't to have the, the resources. Yeah, exactly. What we can do is do small uh, uh, innovation projects, and this is why Nokia becomes so big in the nineties because. After Kekkonen, and after the Gold War, we need a new sort of image. Right, okay. And this is Innovation Finland. This is like the next thing after this thing. Uh-huh. So, 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 I, so the icebreaker, sorry to interrupt, but the icebreaker thing, the icebreaker is an innovative sort of symbol of, of the nation. Modernization, technological but development. Dimin- after the end of the Cold War, you're saying Also it ended, Western, it like Finland being part of the West, because it, like we have railways to the Soviet Union, to yeah, the yeah, Russia. Yeah, yeah. We don't need ships to carry stuff i mean yeah. we do for oil but that's a different thing so they start you know f- icebreakers are part of connecting with the west uh-huh. becoming modern and be- becoming unified right, as okay. a as a country as a nation so they're part of that big story yeah, of how yeah, finland yeah. became finland not the only part not yeah. the, even the biggest part but decidedly uh, an and important most, thing. many people know that? I mean, do you think many people... Well, we did the research and it's coming out this summer, so no. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a new... So we are sharing this to the world for the first time ever. The most, and I'm thinking, I mean, I'm clearly I didn't know that, not being Finnish. But like, do you think... Um, I mean, the icebreakers don't seem to have such a uh, like a, um, a big part of Finnish society and mythology today. I mean, is that a fair comment? Uh, it's partly because of Icy Whale and Kekkonen. Right, okay. So I, I mean, s- it becomes tarnished with the okay. Cold War th- stuff. Right. And also, you know, mobile phones are a lot cooler. Yeah. <laughs> a lot easier to carry in your pocket yeah, as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, things move onwards. Right, okay. And this is the sort of... I think the first, fourth stage, but that's not my research that uh-huh. my colleague saw as a research, so you'd have to ask her. Right, okay. uh, but uh, once the system is built up, uh-huh. once it's perfect, then it's just an expenditure. It's not new. It's right, not okay. exotic. Yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't sell as much. Yeah. So then they need to start to come up with cost-cutting factors, with, uh, with ways of keeping th- things up. Uh-huh. And uh, one of the things they do is they actually paint the new icebreakers blue and white. All right, so there you go. There we've we've come full circle to the reason why they're painting different colors. And the painting of the ships a different color was merely to upgrade the image and make it seem a bit like... Was it cheaper to do blue and white? It doesn't... I mean, it, it pays no mind what the color of the ship is in uh-huh. Breaking Eyes. I mean, yeah, 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 it's totally um, relevant. The, I mean, the US Coast Guard did tests of different colors in, in like how... Uh, like glare from the eyes would affect the crew and right, stuff like that. And then they came up like, no, it doesn't no. matter <laughs> at all. It's, so t- so it's merely nationalistic colors of the Finnish yeah, flag well, well, on your... Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that, that sort of starts to change. Obviously, by the 90s, we're seeing administrative changes, cost cutting, all this stuff. So now the icebreakers are operated by a state-owned company. Uh-huh. 
that sells the service to the administration. Right. Okay. So it's it's you know public. There are a lot of discussions about natural monopolies and stuff like that. So, what things should state operate? What things should be left for commercial yeah, operators? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's the sort of part that we're in now. Oh, okay. So, so that's not that's not sexy. That's that doesn't. Sell. So the glory days of CISO and icy whale and the glory days of of ice breaking have come to an end. Is what we're, what we're saying. They're still doing their job, but they're just not in any way like. I mean, they're not sort of lord. You won't be seeing them on any, any coins anytime soon. Well, yeah, but funnily enough, uh, uh-huh. just this uh, last winter, Tekes, uh, uh-huh. the funding yeah, yeah, agency yeah. for innovation, yeah, who throw money at every brilliant idea, with the exception of mine, Tekes actually. So uh, thank you for that. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry to you know not trash, but analyze them on your podcast, uh-huh. but. Uh, they have this thing called Meanwhile in Finland. Uh-huh. Uh, you might have seen with the Dudesons. I did see that. Yeah, I, actually, Thomas was the one who. I was like, "What the fuck are these people They're just just hurting themselves in various different ways on YouTube?" There you go. The joys of the internet in action. Finland, <laughs> bravery, Arctic know-how. Uh, we're the uh, chairman of the Arctic Council, by uh-huh. the way. This Finland uh, right, right okay. now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all of these things tie together. Dudes hurting themselves. <laughs> Running away from an icebreaker oh, yeah, is marketing for Tekes right now. <laughs> I kid you not. Yeah, no, I didn't I mean, see. I saw the one where they were like, "What were they doing?" They were swimming in ice, and yeah, but yeah, I didn't in see, the ranni. Yeah, <laughs> actually, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they got shit. I mean, clearly that it's been portrayed as a success because it got shit like ten million views. But I mean, I don't quite know what it says about food. It basically, just says you're all nuts. So, so, I think so. Even though they're not sort of front and center, yeah. the icebreakers, they're still there. Yeah, they're still they're there. still part of that mythology. Yeah, yeah, they're still yeah, yeah. part of that Im- imagery. Of Finland, yeah. So I mean, and they still play into it. So, so that's why we wanted to do a bit of research and see how it was actually. Yeah, no, done. it's a fascinating subject. I think you said definitely from from my perspective, give me a whole because basically, whenever ever I've seen, I've seen there's two things I know about icebreakers. The film which we started the podcast with, which I think is hilarious. I love watching it. I just love the way people act around it. And you've given us a new insight into that. And the fact that every time we go to work, our office is pretty much opposite the sea, and we see those icebreakers sitting there, you know, not really doing anything because it's summertime. So, yeah, it's a fascinating insight. So, um, well, thank you very much for that. Yeah. I think uh, so. I think yeah. I think we've. Is there anything else you think we need to touch upon? Well, about, that's uh, is there anything. Is there any final hurrah? Any, the future of icebreakers. How do you see the future of icebreaking? Well, we're going to continue needing them. Yeah. Up what about gl- climate change, global warming, and that sort of thing? I mean, that- it's affecting, but I mean that's a long-term change. Right, okay. uh, in the meanwhile, maritime traffic has uh, expanded. Uh-huh. Uh, I would say that talking about Arctic know-how in Finland now is a natural, a sort of natural development from all of this right, history. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. now we need to look forward, and and the whole discussion about Arctic oceans is raging. There are environmental issues. Yeah, there are, you know, there's just a whole lot of issues. Still, the leading uh, design bureau for any ice-going uh, ships in the world. Is in Vuosaari in Helsinki. Right, okay. They have an, uh, the leading ice laboratory there. Uh-huh. We we went under it because you can walk under the ice and see the ship oh, model right. no going way. there. Well, we want we want a bit of that action. Where is that invitation only? Presumably. Uh, okay, Arctic, but you know, I mean, sh- I can surely get you in touch with wow. people. <laughs> Another day out with my children. Uh, no, knowing that my colleague Saras, <laughs> guess what? Actually, kids, relatives work the there. So, so <laughs> no, job done. I mean, this is a small country. Everybody yeah, yeah, knows yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. who this knows somebody. Very, but very true. So, so it's 
it's still there. Uh -huh. uh, I mean, even if I'm a researcher, I'm looking at nationalism and stuff like that critically. I mean, they're still marvelous. I mean, Absolutely. huge, yeah. massive machines built to destroy stuff. <laughs> What's not doesn't to love about that? Doesn't get much better than that, but, does it? But again, <laughs> in a positive way. The, yeah, in, in a positive, positive way. way. No, no without the military connotations. Yeah, no one yeah. dies. You can yeah. destroy stuff and feel good about it. And the stuff comes back. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I, I don't want to choke too much about yeah, climate no. changes. But yeah, anyway, yeah, we're, we're all know. fucked. But I mean, yeah, uh, that's, yeah, yeah, that's actually a really, really, really valid point. So, yeah, well, I think that's a great way to end. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming. I think this is without doubt being the most informative podcast. Normally, it's just me and Thomas um, talking shit. So a big, big thank you to Aro Sahari. Yeah, uh, and have you got a book? Is it like a PhD? It's going to be like what is it? Is it can anyone read it anywhere? Anything? If anyone wants to find out more about your magic and your work, uh, if... it, it'll be readable at some point. Right, but, I okay. mean, the, uh, we can link to it in our. Actually, right now, and I, I think I send a link to Thomas. Uh, anyone who wants to read and finish uh, the the Academy of Sciences, I wrote a sort of popular piece about okay, cool. this uh, in the newest number. So, so that's sort of the easily maybe you could do a thing. guest post for us on Ink Tank about icebreakers. Well, you yeah, know, if you got, I know you're a busy man. Just think about it. Uh, but I mean, the thesis that's going to take another year. Yeah, yeah, cool. But yeah. we, I mean, they do get put out. So, so I mean, anyone actually interested? Well, they already the people who are interested in my stuff <laughs> for already. real. They already know because right, there's okay. like ten. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much for that. Thank, and, for, uh, thank you for having me. No, this pleasure. Fun. Pleasure. It's always nice to actually learn stuff from people who know what they're talking about, rather than me and Thomas just babbling shit. <laughs> well, what so you? yeah, and uh, and let's um, yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you very right. much for coming. All right. Thank you. Okay. Well, thank you very much for listening once again, and all enjoy this glorious summer we're having. Thank you and goodbye. This was the fourth episode of the Very Finish Problems podcast. Please send any feedback to verifinishproblems at inktank.fi. This program is published by Inktank Media and produced by me, Thomas Nyberg. Inktank Media is a digital marketing and communications agency which specializes in copywriting, storytelling and social media. Find out more on our website, inktankmedia.fi. Thanks again for listening.